0: Welcome to the show. Welcome. I am the slow chemical, and this is I see things a little differently. Um, this show will be very different than anything we've done uh, on the sh- on the show so far. It was an idea that was pitched to me maybe uh, two or three months ago, and I didn't quite understand what was being asked of me. And um, it was just explained better to me a couple of days ago. So and I thought about it and maybe it may be true. I don't know. Um, there's a ton of podcasts out there, ton of wrestling podcasts out there that they'll tell you the storylines of particular storylines and they will give you not just the storyline in the ring but behind the, the scenes so it was pitched to me to maybe do an episode of a show where I'm telling the story of strictly what happens on TV and in the ring, no backstage whatsoever. And I thought about it and I said, you know, and the person said, it was Jonathan Nestor, said that he wanted to hear about just strictly in-ring stuff. And so I kind of, reached out to a couple of you guys that listen to the show on instagram like four or five of you guys just to see if this is something you guys would be interested in and they said yes and everyone kept saying hey we could you could just do short little ones like you kind of did at the match of the month it's kind of a short thing i thought about that would be cool but some of the best storylines were not short they were very long and they were very it was mini swerves bro as, as russo would say And I had this idea, or I I thought about this idea for a a storyline that lasted literally for a full year and beyond. But the most intriguing part, the thing I don't really see many people talking about is how it went from two people feuding to another two people feuding. And I actually did some research, got dates... Everything. And at first, I was gonna do this in two parts, and this just may be a long show, you know. And you guys don't complain about long shows. I've never heard anyone say, "Hey, when the show goes an hour, I- I'm complaining," you know, because most wrestling podcasts are about two three hours, so no one complains. I just don't like doing it. But when I, but since this will be a different Monday show, I I want to. Excuse me, I want to um. Say, hey, there will be no reviews of AEW, Raw, or anything like this week. Um, It'll just be strictly this. I'll get your feedback on it. And then we may just do it once a month. Just to switch it up from... Because if you guys want to hear reviews, you guys can always go to other people. I know a lot of you guys listen to me because of the matches of the month. Because other things that I do that are just a little different than other people. Um, So we'll just see how it goes but for this one I will tell the story of 1999 and how a feud that started with Austin and McMahon ended up being McMahon and Triple H so buckle up get very comfortable and enjoy because I'm going to sit here and pop me a Zevia is a soda that has zero calories, literally zero everything. Take a couple sips, because as I record this, I literally just woke up uh, maybe 20 minutes ago. And I'm going to have some energy, because I still need to record another show after this. So we'll see how that's going to go, if I can even record a show after this. Zevia, hit me up, baby. Get some of that good ad revenue. So we're gonna start. I, was, I have my notes here since January. We're gonna we're gonna go back. Survivor Series, 1998, a deadly game tournament. Austin gets screwed. Mankind gets screwed. The Rock turns heel. Becomes the WWE champion. At the time, The Rock was the youngest WWE champion. Now, also at the time, it was so unique to turn him because The Rock went from stealing the show at SummerSlam with Triple H in that ladder match, that great ladder match, which is probably one of my all time favorite ladder matches. It was an all time great moment. I was a huge Triple H fan. I hated The Rock. I love The Rock. I hated him as far as like like I was a, a complete DX NOD guy, nation domination guy. But like in that feud, I took Triple H aside and DX aside. So I was rooting for Triple H. And it was a great match, a great story. And The Rock just turned a corner. Just two weeks later, he starts getting cheered. And it was so organic and natural. He was so charismatic, so good, still is. And to turn him heel in the way they did it was beautiful it was, it was literally Vince Russo's magna opus the best thing he's ever written in my opinion was that the, and the lead up to it when you look at the lead up to the, the 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 Dilly game tournament it was it was Vince Russo's greatest story he's ever told greatest story so let's fast forward January 24th 1999 the Royal Rumble Vince McMahon puts a bounty on Steve Austin's head. Whoever can eliminate Steve Austin will get this amount of money. It had, even in Royal Rumbles, you always have people um, doing heelish things. Like, it was one year, I want to say 2005, 2006, where even Jim Ross, seeing that uh, Raven Steele did a chop block, he was so stunned to see it. He was like, that's just surprising. And um, so you see this all the time. So you have Triple H trying to get at him. Everyone's trying to get at Austin. Well, it ends. Well, it starts with Vince McMahon at 2, Austin at 1. It ends with Vince McMahon and Austin. Rock comes out to distract Austin. Vince McMahon tosses Austin over the top rope. Vince McMahon wins the Royal Rumble and stuns Austin. and stuns the crowd. And just another roadblock in the way and just just hatred between these two, which is probably the greatest feud in that company's history. Let's move on. January 25th, f- ah, listen me. January 25th, Raw, the night after. Vince McMahon gives up his world title shot at WrestleMania, and immediately just the ego, just the, the, the arrogance dripping from them, the arrogance being sprayed as Rick Martel used to sell the arrogance is just all over this. the corporate corporation. At the time, Shawn Michaels was commissioner. And Shawn Michaels was with Steve Austin on a pre-tape and said, man, hey, just so you know in the WWE rule book, still haven't seen his rule book, the person who wins the Royal Rumble, if they give up their shot, it then goes to the runner-up. So now this man is officially given up his spot Now Austin, Austin Rock is set for Mania. But Austin says, uh-uh, I'm willing to put my WrestleMania title match on the line if you face me in a steel cage match at the final in-your-house, fun fact, St. Valentine's Day Massacre. So even though we know it's St. Valentine's Day Massacre, it was technically in-your-house, and it was the very last in-your-house until we had, in your house, NXT last year, which isn't the same thing. February 14th, 1999, Valentine's Day. St. Valentine's Day Massacre pay-per-view. Austin versus Vince in a steel cage. It's the first time they've ever had a match one-on-one together. The first time was the year before, where you thought you were getting a match with Austin having one hand tied behind his back. But do love ruined it. So this is their first official match. And Austin beat the hell out of Vince. Vince took so many bumps in this. It was just like, oh my God, he's going to (laughs) die. He is going to die. And this match is also noticeable because the Big Show made his debut. Coming from under the ring, throwing Steve Austin all the way around finally throwing Austin into the the, the side of Steel Cage where Steel Cage opens up. Austin then just falls down, wins the match, gets the title match at WrestleMania, but he has another roadblock in front of his face, and that's Paul White. And Vince McMahon is just distraught at what just happened to him. Can't believe it. March 28th. WrestleMania 15. Austin, Rock, McFoley's special guest referee McFoley had to face the big show in a boiler room brawl match earlier in the evening. The winner will be decreed as the referee. McFoley wins. McFoley joins the match as the special guest referee. Austin gets his long-awaited rematch for the WWE championship after being screwed out of it the previous year at In Your House when he was placed in a triple threat match with Kane and The Undertaker. And the only way, only person that could be pinned was Austin. Uh, Taker and Undertaker both double-pinned him at the same time. Austin were regains the title in a great match. It wouldn't be their best match, in my opinion. I, I definitely feel like WrestleMania 17 was their best match, on at the Manias, at least. Let's get to Backlash, April 25th. This match is noticeable because Austin, this was the turning of the, really turning back babyface of rock rock loses his championship rematch to austin the very next night he turns face but the very end of the night it was like a a post credit scene in a marvel movie stephanie first of all let's go back a little bit undertaker was attempting to screw over vince and extort him and he said he wanted control of the world wrestling federation at the time He said, you're going to pay if you don't give me control and give me what I want. Well, the very end of this night, Stephanie gets into a limousine and all of a sudden you see Artigar turn around. Where to, Stephanie? And you hear Stephanie scream and that's how you ended the pay-per-view in one of the most dramatic scenes. I remember seeing that and saying, holy crap, what's about to happen here? And it just ended that way. It was a beautiful ending uh, to just, it, had, it made you ask more questions. Because you're like, where is this going? April 26th, the very next Night Raw, the black wedding, you have Paul Bearer, you have the corporate, that it wasn't the corporate ministry yet. It was the ministry still, excuse me. You have the ministry in there. Stephanie is tied on a cross. And she's screaming. She's begging for help. No one could come and help. Taking a sip of my Zivia. Ah, That's good stuff. All of a sudden, the glass shatters. Austin comes out. Clothesline Midian on the ramp. He has so much momentum. He's so amped up. This is a great moment in Raw history because... Austin used to get so just revved up and I could I could feel it, it made me want to get in there and wrestle and fight cuz Austin was so revved up like him running down please watch this even if you just watch the clip on YouTube and you'll have peacock Austin doom 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 doom, 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 doom. Austin ran down clothesline Midian. He rolled. He fell on the ground. Rolled over. Came in. Him and Undertaker went to blows for a couple times. Finally, Midian comes back in. Undertaker says, "I'm getting out of here." He gets out of here. Stephanie's still on the cross in the ring. Austin sitting Midian to the ropes. Stunner. Picks up a chair. Whacks JBL. At the time, it was Bradshaw because he was part of the acolytes. In the head with a chair. Nails Ron Simmons with a chair. He goes outside. He's hitting everything. He's just tearing it all up. Meanwhile, Jim Cornette and um jim ross on commentary fun fact this night so if you if you hear of different voice and you don't recognize it it's jim Cornette you're listening to and jim ross so austin comes back in unties stephanie all of a sudden uh stephanie goes and hugs austin and austin has his hands up you know just like being the um the the He he didn't do it, they kept saying he didn't do it because he liked Vince, he did because it was the right thing to do. Austin's being the ultimate uh, fighter, not lover. Vince comes in the ring, he's so happy to have his daughter back. Stephanie hugs him, and you can see Vince crying, thank you, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) And so, we then go to May 23rd. And beforehand, I couldn't find the date on this. And I was looking, looking, looking. But at some point in time, before this happened, Vince and one of the... We can go back and forth about how good Batman vs. Superman was. That's fine. But one of the best scenes in a comic book history is when Lex Luthor shows pictures of Martha to Superman and drops... Superman to his knees and you're to see a human hovering over a god it was great something similar happened I couldn't find a date though it's the only thing I couldn't find a date on this is when Undertaker has Stephanie it has to be on this this show the April 26th show I, even though I can't confirm that but follow me Stephanie is, I think she's gone, she's abducted she's only abducted for one night so it had to be this night well, there's fire along the ring. And Undertaker has a teddy bear that was Stephanie's. Undertaker sets it on fire and, and drops Vince to his knees and, 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 and just showing how much power he has. Vince is on his knees crying as the teddy bear burns. It's a great scene. Great scene. This whole thing was so beautiful because you see like moments that you think mean nothing. They meant something. So this whole year that Vince Russo was doing it up until he left in like late 99 or whatever it was, this was still good stuff. Vince Russo was still on his game in this main event scene. You know what I'm saying? So even if you think the, the mid card scene was not necessarily the best, this was pretty dang good. Like you dig what I'm saying? So anyways, May 23rd over edge. This was unfortunately the night that Owen Hart passed away. Um, So on this night, Austin gets screwed out of the WWE title. Undertaker regains the championship. But we're just gonna leave it there. Because that's all that really happened outside of Owen Hart passing. So let's get to June 7th, Monday Night Raw. All night long, we're promised that the Undertaker will reveal the higher power. We're wondering who this is. And we're wondering, we're wondering. All of a sudden, this person under Druidhood. It's in there. All of a sudden it flips up. It was me, Austin. It was me all along. And all you hear is Jim Ross was one of the best calls ever. That son of a bitch. And you just hear him say, I got all of you, even my immediate family. They bought it. You all bought it. Great. I, to this day, to me, the reason why I still think it was a great reveal is because I was so invested and in, just believed Vince had turned the corner after having his daughter kidnapped. The fact that he went out of his way to orchestrate having Austin lose the WWE Championship. That's how much he hated this guy. He had his daughter like mentally tortured. That is a sick fuck there, people. It was, I know people did not like that. And I, I don't want to get into the backstage stuff. It doesn't matter. Because I was invested, because I was like, oh, he finally turned the corner. Like, how can you hate this guy after he went out of his way to sit? No one else could do it at the time. Austin was so over. To me, it's the equivalent of like what Reigns could do now or Cena could do, but it was still different because it was Austin, it was the era it was in. It was, I I believed that Vince had turned the corner and understood, saw the error of his ways, but then I understood this guy hates this man so much. He literally put his 22 year old daughter, or however old she was at the time, through hell thinking she was really abducted with this freaking weird Undertaker who had his his mustache cut off. He looked like he was made to be straight from hell with the devil. He looked like he was it was like it was like um uh <laughs> the side with the dark side. It was like, dude, he looked like just the ultimate epitome of evil, right? So then Linda and Stephanie come out, and they're just stunned. They're hurt. And to me, this is where everything changes for me. This is when the feud now just changes because now you added your family in the feud, right? Linda and Stephanie come out, and they are so hurt. How can you do this to me? And Vince says, baby, it was just business. It had nothing to do. You were never in danger. I would never do that to you. It was business. So because it was just business, Austin had been fired. And because it was just business, Linda and Stephanie had sold their shares, air quotes, of the company to, to Austin. So he gets himself reinstated. And this is when he has the Austin 316 jersey on with the tie over it. And he says that he was promised a WWE championship match along with other perks. The other perks aren't important to this. But remember this night, June 7th, the reveal of the greater power as a relation to Stephanie and how Steph the feud would then reignite with Triple H. Just remember this. Once again this is still great breadcrumbs being stories being told. Just remember this. June 28th, that championship match that Austin was promised, he gets it, and in a 7 I had to look this up because I didn't believe it, I had to get a secondary source in a 7 minute, 28 second match The Undertaker lost the WWE Championship back to Austin that has to be the shortest match where he lost the title I said 7 minutes no freaking way but it was 7 minutes now that side of this thing is done. So, take what... That's the Austin McMahon side of it, right? A matter of fact, let me look at this. I think I explained that pretty good. It's only 20 minutes. Yeah. You guys will be fine with the like 20 minutes. So, so, I want you guys to take that perspective. That's the Austin McMahon perspective in 99. That's June 28th. Now, we're going to rewind. This is Triple H's perspective from his year. Triple H was floundering most of the year. Well, I say that. He came into the year, it was pretty cold for the D, for DX. Things were changing. Um DX was, in my opinion, not as hot. Um, you did have a short time in December where A uh New Age Outlaws turned heel air quotes, air quotes. You can't see me doing air quotes. And they joined the corporate, the corporate, the corporation, only to fool them, and and then China turned heel and went with Kane and turned her back on DX, and that was a complete swerve. Because then we're gonna start Triple H's perspective, WrestleMania 15, just leading, just give you a little bit of breakfast. It's Triple H versus Kane, China in his corner, Kane's corner. China turns face again to one of the biggest ovations you'll hear. The crowd loves seeing Triple H and China back together again as Triple H loses the match, but gets China back, which was the most important thing. There's an interview later on with Shane McMahon versus X-Pac for the European Championship. And you can see X-Pac just intense. He's with all of DX. I, can't, I think it was Kevin Kelly doing the interview. He said, how are you guys feel now of China's back? Triple H is cutting a promo. You see just... The happiness and everybody, Xbox intends to Shane get ready for some pain. Well, in one of the most heartbreaking moments, they, they turned face an hour before they turned heel again. Triple H joins the corporation. China goes with them after a low blow to Xbox and cost him the European Championship. I was devastated at the time. And it just was, oh, it sucked. It just sucked. Now, here's where they really floundered. They're just in the corporation at this point. Then it comes the corporate ministry. Triple H didn't do anything noticeable, in my opinion. Like, Like, I just remember this being a very cold period for him. Then, things started ramping up. And then, to me, Triple H became, like... The year Edge, before he, before Edge became WWE Champion, so 2005 to 2006, Edge was becoming slowly but surely unhinged. And he was just becoming unglued. Triple H was the same way. As the corporation became to be less and less of a thing, court mission became less and less of a thing, Triple so slowly but surely branched down on his own. Start wearing the Kangol hats, Muscle shirts, shorts, etc. And then he had an opportunity at Fully Loaded. July 25th. A strap match between him and The Rock. The winner gets a shot at the WWE Championship. Well, what preceded the pay-per-view was Triple H's coming out party. Sunday Night Heat, a pre-taped promo with Jim Ross. where, If I'm not mistaken... It's the first time you ever hear Triple H say, I am the game. But this was the promo that launched Triple H into main events, and He went from fo- DX to floundering to an immediate main eventer with this promo. And no one talks about this. But if you look at the things that have catapulted people into the main event scenes, things I, that they probably should get back to doing. but there wasn't there's not another Jim Ross obviously. Look what they did with Mankind. He went from being a, a heel to a face an, an immediate star in people's eyes. Just so lovable. Needs never look back, right? Those those interviews with Jim Ross were so important to people, even the Kane one where Kane sets him on fire, air quotes. Like, but this was the coming out party of Triple H. And I remember going from Being heartbroken to being not interested in him in about two or three months to immediately saying, All right, he's gonna do it, he's gonna win the WWE Championship, right? And in his promo, he watch it. He talks about the click and how he was punished and how it was eating a hole inside of his effing heart. And He was saying he doesn't need a group anymore, he doesn't need to be in DX anymore. (coughs) This was I'm going to say this. This was Triple H's greatest promo of all time. And this was before his 14 World Championship reigns. This is his greatest promo ever. So get into the pay-per-view. Triple H defeats The Rock to become the number one contender for the WWE Championship. But the road to get to the championship is paved with bad intentions. (laughs) So It went from him losing his number one contendership to China becoming number one contender to him getting it back to Mick Foley getting it to then it becoming a triple threat match. Now, it was announced the month before that Jesse the bi would be the special guest referee for the main event at SummerSlam. So now you have the main event at SummerSlam. And I didn't write this on my notes, but it was the main event at SummerSlam, April 25th, 1999, Triple H, Mankind steve austin mankind pulls the upset of the year and pins steve austin to win the wwe championship just to do what is in my notes august 26 on raw lose, be be a transitional champion a one-night champion to then crown triple h as the wwe champion for the first time ever Fast forward, September 20, excuse me, September 16th, SmackDown. Triple H calls out Vince McMahon. Vince is in the back with Linda. Triple H is calling him out. Shane at this time was supporting Hunter. As a matter of fact, if you look at his first tile reign, it was Shane helping him win it. But all of a sudden, Shane's like confused. Like, why are you calling out my dad? Like, what's going on? Triple H had enough of Vince's conversation. And he was like, Calling him, I'm talking trash I'm talking trash about Steph. Uh, Linda Vince comes out, they agree to a match for the WWE title. Triple H dominates this match. Vince is a bloody mess throughout this entire thing. He's beat down all of a sudden. Steve Austin comes out, stuns Triple H, puts Vince on top of Triple H, and one, two, three. Vince McMahon becomes your WWE Champion until this day. And until this day, he is the oldest WWE Champion. September 20th, Raw. Vince immediately gives up the championship, but announces that at Unforgiven the following Sunday, there will be a six-pack challenge match to determine the new WWE Champion. The six-pack challenge match, I should have written down who was in this match, but it was the British Bulldog, it was the Rock, it was the Big Show, it was Triple H. Austin was the special guest referee, with him getting his rematch for the WWE title the very next month at no mercy. Triple H defeats the British Bulldog, pins the Bulldog to get the match and get the WWE championship back for his second title run. Following night, This is not in my notes either, but the following week, excuse me, month, no, no mercy, Triple H defeats Steve Austin in a no-holds-barred match after The Rock accidentally screws Steve Austin. So this will lead to a Triple Threat match being announced at Survivor Series November 14th, 1999. It will have The Rock, Steve Austin, and Triple H for the first time ever having a Triple Threat match. This match still has never happened to this day. I don't even think it's happened at a house show. If someone knows, please give me this so I can watch it. But I believe this is the only match, dream match. And I love, I know people, some people hate triple threat. I love triple threat matches. Especially when you have talent like this in the ring. I believe this is the only dream match we've never gotten where all superstars were in the company in their primes at the same time. This match never happened. This match was never going to happen at Survivor Series. Austin had a bad neck. So, this match has never happened, though, to my knowledge. Well, anyways, Survivor Series. Triple H is trying to make sure this match does not happen. He wants no parts of this triple threat match. So, earlier in the night, Rock's having an interview. Triple H interrupts it, beats him down. They're fighting and They get broken up. Then, Austin, later on, is having an interview. Him and Triple H start fighting. Well, Austin then, excuse me, Triple H then starts running. Oh wait, so in Austin's searching for him. Austin's like, where are you at? You son of a B? What blah, blah blah blah. This is the infamous night where Austin is run over by a car, and Austin is phew, off to have neck surgery. But now the match Triple H has gotten what he wants, the singles match. Vince McMahon says, nah, I think I'm good, homie. I think I'm truly good. This match will be a triple threat match. This match will be Big Show, Triple H. In the rock. Big show gets his first WWE championship match, championship title with the win. Let's rewind. During this time is a side storyline where Test is dating Stephanie. Test has a great love for her leafer match at Survivor, SummerSlam, excuse me, with, with Shane. Stephanie and Tess are in love. Test is looking like he's going to be the new star of the company. He Look here, he's being placed with the, the daughter of the company. So it looks like he's going to be the next big thing. Just keep that in mind. November 15th, the night after. Vince is blaming DX, blaming Triple H for this. And he says, I know you're behind it." Triple H. Triple H denies it. He says, well, you hate the guy. You know, why should we believe that you didn't do it? They're blaming each other. DX, in the act of defiance, they, de- they de- absolutely destroy the Stooges. Pat Briscoe and Gerald, uh, Pat Briscoe, um, uh, uh, Gerald Briscoe and Pat Patterson. They completely destroy him, which just infuriates Vince. Vince now has the same hatred for Triple H that he has for Austin. Because now he believes Triple H is taking out his golden goose if anyone's gonna kill the golden goose it should be me right so november 29th 1999 Drink. Ah. the wedding that never happened in the wedding that did this was the night that tess was supposed to marry stephanie Tess is waiting, Tess is smiling, he's in the ring waiting. And and one of the most unique ways to marry somebody, they could never get away with this today. Stephanie is having a bachelorette party, is that what they call it, bachelorette party? And now that you know I'm single. (laughs) And um, you have Mae Young there, you have, uh, uh, who's the other one? Mae Young, um, Fabulous Moolah there. She's drinking. It's a good time. All of a sudden, Stephanie's passed out. All of a sudden, you see Triple H come into the play picture and he marries her. He completely marries her. So now you have these guys watching. They're, they're like, what's going on? Triple H is married. Triple H comes out and he calls that. He calls Vince dad. And, says, and he has one of the best lines ever. He says, I know you want to know how many times we consummated the marriage. And it was hilarious. This, to me, is the cool Triple H. Right? He still has the Kangol hat going. The leather jacket going. This is the cool Triple H. And it is revealed that he's now married to Stephanie. So now it's just like. Holy crap on a cracker, dude. Where is this going? Well, it's leading to the final part of this story that we'll wrap up on. December 12th, 1999, Armageddon. The week before, Triple H says since we're having this match, it'll be a no holds barred match, Vince. If you win, I'm gone. I'm gone from the company for forever. And I know my marriage to Stephanie. But if I win, I get a WWE Championship match. These are really high stakes. My career or championship match. And, or, or I know my marriage to your daughter. Either way. And one of the ultimate, and I don't know how many people think about this. Now remember now. Test has been screwed over in this whole thing. Like, a lot of people have been screwed over in this path of destruction. But remember now, what happened June 7th? The sacrifice of the family that Vince did in order to get to Austin. Remember that! December 12th, ninety nine. later in the year, Stephanie turns heel. Has her leather jacket on, her pink shirt on. She turns to the dark side. Mix out with Triple H. Triple H defeats Vince McMahon because she has a, she's shown that she is a liner. So it was all a hoax. She really wanted to be married to him. She did this to get back at Vince for what he did to her on June 7th. Once it was revealed that he was the higher power, I don't see too many. I don't think I've ever seen anyone co- uh, they coordinate this. You no, know, it together. Maybe someone has. I don't watch. I'm not as you guys know. I'm not on the wrestling boards like like that anymore. But I can't think of a time where I've read this and put it together until I was uh, doing a retrospective with someone else talking about wrestling. We were talking and I said, you know, I think this was a result of this, and they were like, no, I think it was. I, I never put that together until like maybe uh, a couple of years ago. I was like, yo, that that was. That December 12th thing, Armor didn't happen because of because of June. I didn't have the dates at the time. But think about this: the feud started with Austin and McMahon. But then once McMahon involved the family, it transitioned. Because the Austin McMahon feud really died down. And as that died down for a little bit, Triple H because he was becoming so unglued, because he he knew it was his time. At the time he had the music, it's my time, my time. As he's transitioning and gluing and becoming this this, this star, his, he didn't start feeling you, it, it, Look at, look at 99. Austin McMahon went to Triple H McMahon with Stephanie being thrown in there because Stephanie wanted her revenge. Stephanie said, dad, I can't believe you did this to me on June 7th. And, all, and what Austin did wasn't enough for, for Stephanie. Austin just took the WWE title. She took his spirit that night. And that is a story of how the Austin McMahon feud in 99 turned to McMahon Triple H. And in the process, it made another star for their company. It put Triple H, even if you don't think he was on the same level as The Rock and Austin, and I'm not talking about popularity. I'm just talking about as far as Just having another star to be there. I would say all day they need that to happen. Because when Austin went out with that neck injury for a full year, 2000 was one of the best years WWE ever had money-wise up until the money they're getting now. And these are facts. These are things that have been pointed out, not just by pundits, not just by the company, but these are facts. 2000 was the best year financially they had. There was no Austin until the end of the year. That has not happened without The Rock and Triple H doing their part. And remember, Iron didn't even come back until May. So, Austin, so excuse me, Triple H, Mick Foley, The Rock, Big Show, they stood tall. And so they needed that to happen. And by them doing that, <coughs> he'll turn, excuse me. But for Stephanie, it just adds another level of intrigue something we're still paying for to this day (laughs) unfortunately but that is the story of how austin mcmahon went to austin mcmahon triple h so i hope you guys enjoyed that let me know if you did it didn't go as long as i thought it was gonna go i thought it was gonna take forever but i guess by me having the dates i didn't have to constantly think about stuff well i guess doing research helps right so me having the dates i kind of already knew what happened and actually giving you guys these times so these are the dates go back and listen to them um you can check these things out if they're on peacock i don't know i have actually not searched the wwe network on peacock i think the only thing i've watched on peacock was wrestlemania and the broken skull session with jericho otherwise or Norton. orton otherwise uh i don't know what's on there yet um i haven't had a chance to really go through it's been really busy for me but um we will see but anyways that is your monday show for this week hope you guys enjoyed it we will get to you all uh, back to you on wednesday That is, I see things a little differently. I am this little chemical and I am out.